0: So my good friend, Andy Kurtz, and I decided to do a packaging design podcast. Now it's different than other packaging podcasts that you hear because it's not specifically focused on the box it comes in, but all aspects and nuances of the packaging. We will discuss in every way that we can think of that best describes our experience with it, what we think is working or where things could have been improved. We will also talk about what is involved with owning a small firm and running the everyday ins and outs. And to let you in on a little secret, we really love what we fucking do. Kirk Faisola is the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, a full-service CPG branding and packaging design agency. And Andy Kurtz is the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative, an agency that focuses on packaging and branding design for the specialty food and beverage space. Together, we are Kirk and Kurtz. This is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Kirk and Kurtz number 13, Current Mood, Bored. I'm Kirk Faisola, I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the
1: Font. And I'm here with my good friend, Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And this is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Woo! Bur, 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 bur. <laughs> 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 well, good afternoon, Mr. Andy. How are you? I'm so good. It's dreary in our neck of the woods, but I am basked in lamplight and i'm enjoying it it's nice it's cozy that's what yeah. i like you know what man fuck that shit dude lamplight's <laughs> the worst i
0: fucking hate lamplight now i'm going off on this rant because it's really a, a pet peeve slash source of frustration and and irritation for me
1: lamplight?
0: <laughs> yes because that's all my wife will have that's all she'll have she she can't stand overhead lighting because she grew up that way and it and it, and it bothers her like it affects her like she's like it's glaring, so I can't turn on the light in the bedroom. Like, I, I finally, I finally found a bright enough light bulb to put in my office. And I think I'm actually going to buy like two or three lamps with really bright lights, uh, just because I can't hang more overhead lighting. So that's the only good thing that's coming from a lamp.
1: But otherwise, fuck lamps, man. That's all that's around. It's all that's around. <laughs> I'm such a lamp whore, and I'm with her. I hate overhead lights they're too bright they're too glaring they're cold they're 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 they they're the worst this is the only you can't see it but this is this this one that's an i like that one it casts a warm shade but in in our other room we have one of those just like Lowe's, um you know ceiling fans yeah the worst the worst i will i am that's mine uh, yeah look at that that bright as fuck. You don't it. You don't have a, You don't even have a shade
0: on it. Well, the 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 cover the cover broke. I was changing it one day and. Uh, no. Well, no, no. What happened was what happened was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, happy Black History Month. <laughs> Speaking of NTU. <laughs> so what what happened was I took off the lamp cover, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, I'll just toss it on the bed. Well, of course, curved things. <laughs> yeah, the dumbass he is. Like, okay, lands on the bed perfectly. And then it decides to bounce and land on the floor and break. And I sat there and I thought, hmm, maybe if I would've taken like the seven seconds to go down the ladder, set it down and then go back up. Yep. It would have, so that's why there's an open. shape. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying about overhead lighting and how great it is for people like yourself. My my mother-in-law and your wife yeah <laughs> well my mother okay hey you guys this really is this really is a packaging design podcast and it's not you know <laughs> no it's a
1: lamp versus overhead <laughs> lighting podcast <laughs> overhead lighting lamps. tune in now
0: um <laughs> so my wife's mother-in-law she does quilting and she's an artist and she has a room because no one in that family likes overhead lighting so she has a room, and it's just like fluorescent <laughs> lights are put in, yeah. and it's it's like fucking mothership bright. You turn that light, and it's like oh, it's like the most it's the, the best room ever. I love it.
1: Yeah. The energy, um, whatever, uh, companies like little dials go down when <laughs>
0: <laughs> they have to much.
1: auxiliary power. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's like it's like every scene in the movie where you turn on the switch and the rest of the town goes out. It's this room. Like, it's this room. And and you know I get it like certain times yes I have to crank on all the lights. I have to have like natural lighting to like review, you know, colors and all that kind of stuff. But it's like last like, week when we talked about colors, if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> um you can find all our podcast, all our past podcasts on your listening services. But um but yeah, like on just normal like hanging out days like like my son he goes straight for like the easy way to do things you know so he'll immediately go into a room and like flip on a switch and it's an overhead light and i'll go behind him and i'll click on all the lamps and you know and i'll turn it off and he's like what are you doing i had the light on and i'm like that doesn't bother you like it's a it's this glaring overhead light uh i have a Okay, real quick, and we're gonna get to our actual topic, but I have a really funny like uh, story. Well, it's not really funny, but it's it it backs up your throwing the 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 cover yeah. story. Uh and it reinforces the stupidity of both of us. So Yay. Uh, yes, at our old house, we were redoing our deck and we were taking out like this crazy wood ridiculous like nails sticking out of it just crazy wood deck and then we were replacing it with like this sort of you know just like a a a patio natural patio with like little blocks and all this kind of stuff so we got rid of the um the the wood deck we started leveling out and doing all the stuff to make the patio and I had this our, our Bluetooth speaker died at some point during all that And so I'd seen somebody put their iPhone in a bowl and, you know, like a, like a cereal bowl or a soup bowl. And like, and that projects the sound. And I was like, and so I just got, so in this like two or three weeks that we were working on this project, I just, that was my routine, pop my phone in the bowl. And I would just, you know, play it. I see (laughs) where this is going. And I was, (laughs) and I was cleaning up one day and we, for whatever reason, I didn't have a tool bag or something so i had like you know just like grocery tote bags and so I, I was loading everything into the grocery tote bag the final thing that i needed to clean up was the hammer and so i just from like across the way chucked the hammer into the the bag you know because i was just like oh yeah it's right there i just whoop, and just it went in and clink <laughs> and my wife nicole is like what the why did you just do that like what and i was like i don't know i thought i could just sort of it wouldn't just like there's and she hadn't let me live it down because it was part of a set that's not available at target anymore and we have one less bowl out of this set because of my negligence i don't know uh you know impulsive nature that's okay very impulsive So yeah
0: yeah, man you were just figuring out a shortcut i would
1: have chucked the thing on the bed too and it would have been broken
0: (laughs) yeah you know it it was it was funny because your wife was not in a very good mood after that and it's great that we're actually talking about that kind of thing today mood boards mood boards like that segue that'll set the mood yeah uh (laughs) so so last week we talked about presentations and and the ability to set them up with mock-ups and things of that nature But another great thing to add into your repertoire, if you have the time, patience, and are willing to actually think through your strategy when presenting, is a mood board. And mood boards, if you don't know what mood boards are, it's pretty much what it says. It's a sheet that is in a presentation or showing to somebody that that presents certain imagery, certain um, colors, possibly if you want that, but just something that makes the product feel a certain way. So if you're doing something for gold, you'd have a gold bar, you'd have... Like uh, what's his name, Jay Z's champagne—that's gold. So you have all these different things that are possibly gold to give you a certain feel or yeah. a certain um, mood, so to speak, uh, for the mood board. And this this is so great you you brought this up because it's one thing, honestly, that I that I have a tough time tackling um, is is mood boards, just because it's for me it's hard to explain explain stuff sometimes using mood boards because it's in my head Mm -hmm. and, and I know how it's supposed to look and it's not coming across, but then I have to realize like, dude, it's just to kind of paint an overall umbrella an overall picture of what something should feel like, not necessarily how something should look. And yeah. And that's the thing I have to get past sometimes, but so why do you, Andy, what do you think about mood boards and why do you want to use them?
1: Well, mood boards, they're interesting because they are inherently conceptual and it's hard to articulate conceptual ideas to, you know, people, like you said, outside of your head, especially clients, especially when it's something that is going to be commercially produced, you know, like a, like a packaging design or something. And so it is, it's very hard to pull one together. And then explain it. So like there's time-consuming effort that goes into actually identifying the different pieces of inspiration, Mm -hmm. then organizing those pieces of inspiration, and then presenting them so that you're not like literally just show. Like for me, sometimes we talk about this. It's important to look for inspiration outside of the category or even the practice of design that you're working in. So, like, Mm -hmm. if I'm looking at something for, like, a light fizzy juice or or spritz or whatever, I'm not going to go to the beverage category to look for inspiration. I'm going to go to potentially, like, the spring-summer lines of fashion. Right. And But it's hard to say, like, it's hard to include, like, some kind of picture of a fashion runway or a tech. And then explain to the client, it's like, I don't, I'm not designing a dress. I'm designing a label or, you know, I'm creating a beverage for grocery and you're creating the label. So why are you showing me a picture of a neon yellow dress? Right. And, and, but, anyways, you know, like I try to, when I serve up mood boards, I try to get people to sort of like, you know, do a shake mentally. (laughs) I'm shaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and really just like open your mind and understand that this is this is very it's going to be out there but it really is the purpose of a mood board is to before we get too down the road and in the weeds with like actually designing things that we align on language and direction Yeah. so kirk's version of which is this is one of my favorite directions given from clients is um simple and clean and so kirk's direction for simple and clean is going to be different than my vision of simple and clean correct absolutely but if kirk and i make a mood board or if i make a mood board for kirk and i say here's the things that i think represent simple and clean we look at it we discuss it he says yeah i like that but i don't like that and then you know we we align on that direction so that right. that is our little. It's not really like a good. It is a roadmap to a degree, but it's it's very loose. Um, yeah, it's 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 a means it's a means of
0: interpreting how you think something should feel.
1: Yeah. In
0: order in order to properly establish how something should look, and yeah. and that's the tough part is is coming across about how something should feel because oftentimes in clients. And if you're going to be a client for a designer, if you're going to do something with a designer, please don't tell a designer, I like this. Because that doesn't say anything. I mean, that's subjective. You have to say what you like about it. You yeah. have to say, I love the way that these colors work together. I yeah. love how I love how bright this is. I love the. way that the letters combine here i love so you have to love certain aspects or like certain aspects so we have something to build off of when moving forward that's basically what a mood board is for us like these are the aspects we think will work and we want to portray or provide a certain type of feel from the imagery that we're showing you but it's up to you to finally say like okay well this one's kind of looking cool but where do you see this going? Can we add to this? I don't like this. I mean, that's where you have a conversation. But I think to the mood board is just something to help you get help you start that conversation or to really, you know, hone in on what you would like to see as far as uh, final packaging goes or design or whatever.
1: Yeah, um, I want to pick your brain. So I had sort of a bit of a revelation when putting together, like manually putting together mood boards yeah. and. You know, and I usually do it in InDesign. Uh, and, you know, like meticulously sort of like layering them and doing all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, then, and I'm, I know a lot of designers use Pinterest as a tool. But it sort of dawned on me that a Pinterest board is basically a mood board. Mm-hmm. You know, you organize it that way. And so I tried it. And I will use it as like a way to organize like broad strokes, but I still pull them over into InDesign so that I can sort of control layout and everything. But what is your sort of preferred method of like sourcing? And I I don't mean that I only look at Pinterest for my mood board yeah. images. I look all over, but right. it's sort of where I collect it all. And then I bring it over into InDesign. Right. So what is your preferred method for going out, sourcing, finding the your your mood board images?
0: I go buy magazines and I look through all of them, then I no I'm fucking with you. I don't.
1: Um (laughs) you go to the library, you you flip through the Dewey Decimal system, (laughs) you do the microfiche. I can see this whole like I can see this whole like 80s um montage. uh, movie montage going where it's just like, you just like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all funny.
0: No, I, what, what I do is I, I type in, I type in keywords mm-hmm. and I type in Google into the Google. <laughs> like So I type in keywords to the Google and I see what comes up. And oftentimes I will use those words because that's how I want it to feel. Um, and from those images oftentimes there's not there's not a lot of stuff to go off of because it just makes absolutely no fucking sense so but the cool thing is is that it gives you this eclectic mix of things to look up so if you type in the word like just for instance soft you might see like a picture of cotton sheep hair teddy bear air pillow so like all these different things can all convey soft so then you have to think okay i want it to be like um, soft, but natural. So then you, you would see like leaf or tree, or so all these different things can really hone in on what you would like. And i said hone in so much, but the, the cool thing about that is you have a, an entire data image search thing to image search, and it can give you basic imagery, but then if you really want to refine the image that you've searched for, go on a, a real site and type in specifically what that image is, and that can yeah. help refine your search. So you're not using um, when you're doing mood boards, it's, I don't think it's that big of a deal to use an image off the internet as long as you're not saying it's your own or trying to print it or whatever. But
1: and remember- it's, it's the, it's, you're just, you're literally, cause, cause the other aspect of mood boards is they are, are meant to be quick ways of conveying ideas. So if you spend two weeks building your mood board, how much time have you devoted to the actual, you're going to be exhausted when you design. Right. So yeah, you're just like right clicking, you're screenshotting, you're just dumping pixelated, not to the point of, you know, you can't recognize it, but you're just dumping stuff onto. You don't need links, you know, like InDesign works. Links, you know, like you don't even need those. You can just copy and paste crazy stuff from the internet. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No. You. Yeah. It's it's because it's it's efficiency and just speed of dumping ideas onto a Mm -hmm. page Mm -hmm. exactly do you include typography on yours like to try to set a mood of like these are the fonts i want to explore within this theme i don't because then
0: and the reason why i don't is because i always find that when you start doing that then um people will think that they have a means to tell you what fonts they like and they start art directing that's what, what i usually get and i'm i i do not want to be art directed at that time or yeah. usually most times yeah but in order for me to just kind of say hey um that's not what we're doing right now here's what it is i had a client and i got to get back to them saying that they didn't like the font i used on something that i chose because of that they didn't think it would work or that it was too hard to read and it's like well it's not a font it's a custom type treatment that i did so mm-hmm. i can't just go find another font that will work.
1: handcrafted yeah
0: so it's like <laughs> if there's a reason why you don't like it then i don't know what to tell you but this is why it is and and um it's like you either choose it or don't choose it and i want to go back and say well let's try a different font it's like no fuck that like this is what this is what it is and if you don't like it then then don't choose it but i'm not going to sit there and choose 800 different fonts for something because uh, because you, you suggested it Um, I
1: will, you could also go back to the direction that they gave you and the objective of the project and say, well, you, hey, you don't like it, but based on audience or whatever kind of, I mean, for some reason, you didn't just come up with that solution because, you know, you had a wild hair that, that grew Right, and so uh, you know it came from somewhere, and so you can point to that too and say, like, well, you guys were okay with it up to up to now. Yes, um, exactly,
0: yeah. exactly. Like um, right now, I just put this on the screen, like a case study that I did, right, um, for Good Race. and so like this is theme one, sunny goodness. So what I did was I brought up all these different things to me that felt like sunshiny goodness, like fun, vibrant, positive, wink and a smile, feeling of lightness, all that stuff, right. Yeah. Um, and then for theme two, it was liquid gold. So I wanted it to be like, like almost high end kinetic energy, shimmer and shine credibility. Yeah. And th- theme three was superpower. So protective, but approachable, small mighty, and mighty vitamin So I thought of like kids stuff and like how yeah. kids oftentimes like they'll want to be superpower and supercharged and all these bright colors. So those are the three mood boards that I put together. Right. Um, just to kind of convey a feel, but like, they have color in their own way but they're all images and they all kind of feel different yeah you know what i mean so that's that's what i think of when i'm when i do that stuff like that's that's what i think of when i think of mood boards is just something to convey a feel because you get the overall like color the overall essence of something
1: without going too specific yeah but but oh dude there's just it's well go ahead Real quick, it's interesting to see how you define your themes is is very, um, like I said, abstract conceptual. I I define my themes usually around sort of like foundational design things. Mm-hmm. So like the, like I texted you about how I was pulling together some new boards. Yeah, and that's what made me think of this. So the the mood boards that I'm pulling together are bold, color driven. That's one. Mm-hmm. The other is pattern heavy or something. I, okay. I haven't nailed down that yet. And then the last one is um, typography driven. Mm-hmm. And so I, those are that's I'd, and so you are actually setting moods, whereas I'm setting. I don't know, like basic design
0: directions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that that was that was actually that what what was set up there was from a um, was from a company I was working with, and they had everything laid out. Like they had all the moods and all the feelings. So all I did was use what they had and found images to match.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay. For that
0: one, there was yeah. But I know what you're saying. But usually I do try to I do try to get more into how something should feel and look. Yeah. Um, I like the way you talked about it. Like you want to be type heavy. Do you want to be, you know, like I like that aspect of it. I think that's even better because it's it's still it's still broad enough to convey it's specific enough to convey an idea, but broad enough to be loosely interpreted within that realm. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't pigeonhole you into doing specifically what that looks like. So I I like that idea of it.
1: That's cool. Um, I just pulled this up to make sure it's still available, but I, you know, I mentioned fashion Mm -hmm. and one of the, I can't remember who it was. Um, I don't know. One of, when I worked for the fresh market, we got to go to the how conference a bunch. (laughs) And so somebody, one of the presentations, uh, you know, I, I guess it was a, a talk about inspiration and they said, go look at the, the, the fashion lines, the future, You know when they project these spring, summer, fall, winter for the Mm -hmm. next year. Mm -hmm. That's really where culture will be going. And I I don't know if this has changed. I don't know if um, you know with the like the decentralization of everything, TikTok, all the different stuff. Like if fashion really still still sort of you know runs things. Right. But at that time that made sense to me. And I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like these, these are creative designers. These are, they, they, they sort of know what to anticipate. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where I started looking at trying to look, you know, get inspiration from these, these runways. Yeah. And Vogue magazine has Uh, a whole section called Vogue runway where they literally have categorized all the different design houses, all the different seasons. And you can flip through them. And it's, I mean, it's just, even just, even if you don't, okay, let's say that, you know, fashion is secondary to TikTok as far as setting culture, but there's still something there, you know, to like find and like look through. And like, it's just interesting. Like if somebody wants you to create like a masculine brand, we'll go look at the mm. fall winter men's men's lines mm-hmm. that's going to tell you sort of what colors and textures to tap into because that's what's going to be on the shelves and on the racks and online and e-commerce at that time yeah. so it's just interesting to sort of it, it just diversify your where you look for inspiration but always like you and I are always going to grocery stores to look for inspiration or look at benchmarking things and think, you know, stuff like that. So as a packaging designer, you always have to keep the category and the, the, um, the, the setting and context in mind, but it's also good to get out of that when you're creating these mood boards and really just, you know, broadening your fine art, you know, like just find inspiration in the old masters. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that, whoever.
0: Yeah, man. It's it's always like what is it? Art follows culture or something like that, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's what sets the tone and sets the pace. And if it's familiar to you, you're gonna you're going to, you know, gravitate yourself towards it, you're gonna be magnetized towards it, you're gonna go towards it if it's familiar. So in regards to colors, if, if you can see and if you appreciate colors and fashion, you're going to be thinking about that subliminally or whatever. If you see the colors a lot, you're going to be thinking about that when you're shopping and it's going yep. to be familiar to you for some reason, and you won't know why. And a lot of times marketing and, and people in the marketing field understand that aspect because they know how people, they know how consumers work and how consumers think. Yep. And you can pick up algorithms. You can, you can do all kinds of research like Pew, PW is a great place to research things for like, you know, I want to know how many kids between the ages of eighteen and thirty, shopped for whatever, and you can find it on there. Like, there's all kinds of shit you can find on there. It's a great resource, so you can do your own research in regards to even to what colors were popular back then or during last fall. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is. I think it is a very, a very good way to, to perceive things or look at things. So, but I, I, I like. I want to reemphasize too that mood boards are not designs. No. They're merely enhancements. Oh, precious. Correct. They're, they're enhancements to an idea in order to convey how a design will look or feel. Yeah. That's it. And I think that's that's so prevalent that people think you present something like, oh, this is it, this is a mood board. It's like, that's, how, that's exactly what I want. I want that color with that image. Like, no, that's not how it works. Like, yeah. it's, it's how it makes you feel. Yeah. And, and people don't understand that our field is so, so emotionally driven. Like it's subjective, no matter what we try to do, it's still going to be subjective, which kind of sucks at times, but that subjectivity comes from an emotional drive from somewhere. And if you can tap into that in a way that really, really emphasizes what your brand's about, then you can make some progress and make something that's, that's a great product that people will love. Yeah. And that's, that's the hard part is figuring out where that little, you know, sweet spot is to help people understand exactly what you're trying to do.
1: Yeah, I love that because I I worry that you know I see some I don't know some maybe some people are just really good and efficient at creating mood boards, but some of them feel overly designed. And mm. you know, and, and you've I don't know. I mean, some agencies might have a whole team of people that just create mood boards. Like that's their job. Yeah. They just mood boards. Yeah, man. Cool. But as as us, you know, we like to talk about being sort of small and scrappy. You know, we have to we have to really portion out and be be respective of each phase of the project because yes. we don't want give too much to one and and lose on the other. So so yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're artifacts of the project, but they are by no means a finished product. And they're just they're just there to like, I love how you put that to support an idea their visuals to support ideas, conceptual thought, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I do, I will say that I'm very jealous. I've got some friends, designers who make the most beautiful mood boards. They're called uh, Wilder And, and they make the most beautiful mood boards of so the Jacksons. It's a husband-wife team, yeah. and they make the best beautiful mood boards, and I'm so jealous of them because I'm like, oh, my mood boards don't look like that. Ah. <laughs> all designs in themselves, you know? And so yeah. like, there are designers out there that have a knack for it. I don't have a knack for it. I'm just... Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, can you see my screen? <laughs> yes. So
0: this is, shout out to, I met, I met this woman through LinkedIn, I think, Hannah Hubbleday. Uh-huh. Mm. And really good designer. But look at this, look at that right there. Like, that's uh, yeah, one yeah. of one of it's her, her mood hard. boards like yeah. that's fucking dope and yeah. there's a time lapse that she does and they can't find it but there's a time lapse yeah. she does where she shows how she's putting everything together but like yeah. look at how these
1: colors and look at the backgrounds. like oh this is so sexy and yeah. i'm not i'm not saying that she wasted her time like she no is, i know i know
0: exactly what you're saying, you know what yeah. saying? And, yeah and yeah,
1: i mean there. look at that one that one's we're looking at another mood board of hers and it's amazing, and like, yeah. you know, so so there, there's a knack for it. It's it's either honed or it's not a huge part of your process. It's mm-hmm. just a necessary step. Like it sounds like Kirk and I, like it's just part of. It's a it's a necessary step of our our process to get to where we're going. Others, you know, it, it might be a bigger part of their process. And,
0: right, um,
1: yeah. So yeah, and also we, too,
0: there's there's every single designer, no matter how much we do or how many different aspects we do. And if we, you know, we say we specialize in something, we can all do a little bit of something Yeah. and the speed at which you do certain things always varies. And like, I can jump on an illustrator and just mock something up real quick, just because I'm so used to using it yeah. and, de- and, but that depends on what it is. So for instance, Hannah may be really good at mood boards. So that might only take her like 15, 20 minutes to do Right. Yeah, but, but for me to do something like what but I just showed you, that would take me like at least an hour and a half, 2 hours just to like <laughs> find the right images, make sure they all kind of and it yeah. And the way it was done is it looks it looks like it's just slapped together. But uh, there's you know, no way that she just slapped it. it together.
1: That's the art. That's the art is to make it just messy enough, you know, like Mhm. Yeah, if there's an art to finding this stuff quickly, and there's an art to putting it together and composing it.
0: Yeah, and it's it's such a craft. And and I, like I said to you in the text, what should we talk about? This? So Andy and I always get together and we say, hey, what are we going to talk about today? And Andy always comes up with the great topics. Like ninety-seven <laughs> percent of the shit we've talked about has all been Andy just saying, hey, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. That's great, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm game. But they mentioned mood boards and I texted them. I never put together mood boards just because for me, it's a total different part of my brain. I have to really concentrate on it and I just get frustrated. But if someone yeah. said, Hey, here's what's in the mood board, then I can go gather images like, okay, I can get that. But if I have to think about it and then put it together, it's just, it's just too much for my, my poor brain. So yeah.
1: For me, it's, I, I, I read the client in the project. And that is when I determine whether I need to create a mood board or not. Some clients Ooh. are so crystal clear yeah. and we, we align so much on sort of like that. Those first couple kickoff calls, right? Like, like I can just jump right into packaging design. They, they don't, they, you know, we can just do this. Right. And then other clients like the one I'm building right now, he's going to need, he's going to need a mood board to, mm-hmm. to just you know, for us to align and sort of figure out where we're, where we are. And yes. that's perfectly fine. But like, but I'm with you, like, if I don't have to make a mood board, I am, I am happy. I'm a happy camper because yeah. I, I I feel like, you know, if we can, if, if, if we can align on language and vision early on, then we can get to that final product faster. We can develop things quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely, man. That is that is spot on. And and like we said before too, there's um you may you may get along with someone or you may not get along with someone, but doing a design together, it's there's a certain level of trust that needs to happen. And and with yeah. that trust, there's also a certain level of of knowledge, it's almost instant knowledge of how you need to go and the direction you need to take. And and but sometimes a mood board's required, and that's fine. But, yeah. Yeah, man. And I'm glad we talked about this because it's not, it's, it's one of those things that just isn't commonplace. It helps, but if you know how to do it really well, it really helps. Yeah. And and that's, that's the thing and doing it well, doesn't mean like making it look pretty like Andy said, that's not what we're talking about Yeah, doing it well is a means of enhancing your concept or original idea of what you would like to do for your client to move forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great talk, Andy. And also, real Uh-oh, quick, no more, no more. I have one pet peeve. Oh, here it is. Autocorrect changes it to moldboard and that bugs the <laughs> shit out of me. I'm just like, just mood board. Like, why, why <laughs> is it part of the, <laughs> our dialogue and <laughs> our dictionary or whatever? Like, yeah. why do you change it to moldboard? Why wouldn't that be part of the
0: vernacular and dialect of our everyday language? It Who knows, is- man? Moldboards, moldboard. Mold I'm gonna start calling them moldboards. Hey, client, <laughs> want to look at a moldboard
1: tomorrow at 3 p.m.? 3 are you
0: talk? Are you talking about the kind that goes like on picture frames and walls? Are you talking about the kind that makes cheese? Which?
1: Yeah, what's which... the moldboard? The moldboard. It is M O L D board. Yes, right. So it, it's the cheese one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, not, not mold wine yeah no, i'm old. oh that would be good and i'm old one hmm. old mold boards that's all mold funny yeah.
0: <sighs> oh hey that's, brother uh, it's, it's always yeah, man it's always a catch up with you tomorrow and hey you're gonna be on jerks tomorrow i'm so uh, excited dude i'm excited know, about
1: that i'm just gonna come in there with a clear mind and just open heart <laughs> and overhead lights on it's gonna be no, perfect brother all the lights on
0: (laughs) it's gonna be perfect but yeah man um so i'll I'll see you tomorrow but it's always nice catching up with you and uh i'm kirk faisola i'm the founder and creative director of mind the font and i'm here with my good friend andy kurtz founder and creative director of buttermilk creative and you just listened to the kirk and kurtz packaging design podcast and we'll talk to you guys next time peace see you later